0: This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. I want to talk to you on the subject called uh, Transported by Trouble. Transported by trouble, all right? John chapter 16 is my introduction text. John chapter 16, verse 33. Uh, Jesus is speaking and he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I underline that on my, in my text, in me. There's two places you can be in the same time. Uh, one is in Christ in me you may have peace and then he says in this world you will have trouble so you need to be located in christ or you need to be located in peace although you are found in trouble because it says in me you'll have peace in the world you will have trouble and so this morning i want to uh, put you into a bubble into the world in, in 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 christ and that's why it's we will always say christ in me the hope uh, whether it's the hope of glory externally or the hope of glory internally i am in christ and christ is in me you need to understand that he says but in the world i you will have trouble he says take heart all right now Psalm chapter 89 and verse 20 says, I have found David my servant, and with holy oil I have anointed him. He finds David, and he anoints David. Do you know why he anoints David? David is anointed for trouble, not from trouble. Please, you must understand that. David is anointed for trouble because in this world you will have trouble. But in me you will have peace. So the anointing is converted for your peace. Christian, the word Christian means little anointed ones. If you are a Christian, you are a little anointed one. And so this word says that you are anointed, not Uh, For trouble but you are uh, you God anointed David not for trouble but you are anointed from trouble you are anointed for trouble for sickness because you will become sick you are anointed for rejection you will be rejected You should shout amen. You are anointed for difficulty. You will face difficulties. You are anointed for trial. You are anointed for persecution. You are anointed. God has anointed you for what you have to go through. For it is the anointing, says Isaiah, that destroys the yoke. I don't know who's under yokes this morning, but it is the anointing that will destroy the yoke. Shout amen if you believe that. Now, um, do you know why they call it Canaan's land? Okay, I'll tell you why. Because the Canaanites are living in it. <laughs> That's why it's called Canaanite, Canaan's land. Because of the Canaanites that are living in it. But God is going to give the Jewish people through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. is going to take them into Canaan's land and give them the land. He says, I'll give you land uh, and houses that you did not build. I'll give you vines that you did not plant. So God is going to give them Canaan's land. So uh, most of God's promises are occupied with opposition. Can you see that? Canaan's land is making a promise to one But the people that are there are already occupying it Most of God's promises to you are already occupied by opposition And your willingness to overthrow the opposition Determines whether you will possess the promise I'm going to talk to you just now about being courageous in the midst of trouble You can't be a wimp If you have breakfast every day at Wimpy, then you need to change that because that's not the breakfast of champions. (laughs) You can't be a Wimpy Christian. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Opposition is the devil's gatekeeper for what God has in your life. God had a throne for David, but before God uh, David could possess the throne, he had to face the opposition of Goliath. Opposition is always the devil's gate for what God has as a promise. Mm? So nothing comes easy. You will always go through some opposition, and in this world you will have trouble. But trouble is transportation. What looks like betrayal, I rise to tell you this morning, it is not betrayal, it is transportation. Somebody shout transportation. What looks like false accusation is not false accusation, but it is transportation. What looks like forsaken is not forsaken, but it is transportation. What is disappointment is actually transportation. What looks like overlooked, uh, underlooked is not. That, but it is transportation. It's God's plan and his transportation system for your next. Say the word next, my next. And and you know the thing about your next is that you don't know what's your next. But God has a transportation system into your next. If you break the chain of events in Joseph's life, you will break the transportation network to get him to the palace. Listen, listen to me. His brothers put him in a pit. But in that, inside of that trouble comes the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites buy him as a slave. Now, if you, if you don't want to be sold as a slave, you're going to break t- God's transportation to the palace. So he's sold as a slave. He goes into Potiphar's house. Potiphar buys him as a slave and makes him in charge. But the wife falsely accuses him and says that he's gonna. It was to rape her. Inside of the false accusation, it's God's transportation into the next. If he's not falsely accused, he's not put into the prison. If he's not put into the prison, he does not discover the baker and the butler who is finally goes to give a report of a dream to Pharaoh. And if he's not interpreting these guys' dreams, he cannot interpret Pharaoh's dreams. So his, his dilemma in the prison is his transportation system into the next. Your trouble is with purpose. I don't know who I need to hear this word this morning, but your trouble is with purpose. So you should rise and tell somebody, my trouble is not my trouble, but my trouble is my transition into my next. Oh, my God. You should shout uh, amen for that. Amen? Mm. Now, watch this. Psalm chapter 50 verse 15. Will you read it for me? What does it say? Have you ever seen somebody say, God is sending you a thing, say, but don't call me when things are going right. He says, when you're in trouble, call me because I got a plan for you. Call me in the time of trouble, and I will deliver you. Now, whenever we want a pizza, and you know it uh, of late, we were not going to the shop, but the shop was coming to us. And so you call them, and you order your pizza, and they deliver it. Mr. Delivery moves your pizza from the shop to your home. And when it comes, you must know it's delivered. When you get delivered, you get delivered from something. And God's delivery system only works inside of trouble. And he says, if you want deliverance, call me and I will deliver you from trouble. But don't call me when, when you don't need the pizza. Don't call me when you don't need the nando's, but call me and i will deliver it to you so delivery means um, joseph joseph was delivered from the pit to the palace you got to be inside of something to be delivered from it you got to be inside of debt to be delivered into abundance you got to be inside of sickness to be delivered into health. You've got to be inside of anxiety to be delivered into peace. You've got to be inside of mourning to be delivered into dancing. So the word delivered means I have achieved it and there's a red dot still on the box because by the time you get it from God, it's still hot. It comes with a guarantee. If the dot turns black, you can return it. But the The delivery system is so effective, it has a buyback guarantee that by the time it comes to you, it's still hot. God's delivery system is quite effective. I'm about to be ending now, if you're still waiting for more. (laughs) Okay, you want more? All right, let me say this to you. You remember when, when Jesus was going to take the disciples across And the storm came we've been talking about the storm and uh, jesus said to his disciples come let us go over onto the other side what did he say let us go onto the other side inside of that comment or this journey came up a storm some people say well the devil brought the storm but it was christ that ordered the journey it was his will to take them through this, even through the storm. It was not a, 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 a um, how should I put it? it? It didn't, Jesus knew that there's going to be a storm. But he said, let us go onto the other side. And then he went to sleep. And they never heard from Jesus until after the storm. I rise to tell you this, when things are silent in the middle of trouble, remember God's last word. Let me say that again. When God is not talking to you, when Christ is not talking to you, remember God's last word on the subject. And if he said, you're going to go onto the other side, then he's going to take you onto the other side. Whenever you're going through trouble and God is silent, reflect on his last word. And that's why before you can get into any decision-making process, for example, you are going to buy the house or you are going to get married. Whatever the decision is, seek God for it. And if he says, well... It's yours. And then comes a storm. Then comes trouble. Don't let the trouble distract your decision making process because remember his last word. And his last word was that let us go onto the other side. In the midst of trouble, and the devil will introduce opposition. You will get the opposition, but you must know that you have God on your side. Remember the last word that you made your decision by. Is that good? Now, as you go through trouble, you must strengthen your resolve. When Joshua was going to go through trouble, God said to him, Be strong and very courageous. This morning I rise to tell you that you must be strong, don't feel strong. Because we are not feelers, we are believers. If you got a word from God, you got to believe that word. And so when you're going through something, you have to believe it, not feel it. Because feeling is emotional. Believing is spiritual. You got to make your decision based on spirit. All right. There's too much riding on, on your trouble for you to feel it. You can't feel it. You can't be a feeler. You're going to have to believe it. If you're going to feel it, then you're going to go up and down. When things are looking good, you're going to feel good. When things are going down, you're going to have to believe it and be constant. Am I talking to somebody this morning? When you pray about it, you believe it, and you say, that settles it. Somebody said that. You believe it. If God said it, that settles it. Alright? Now, you can tell the the size of a person's ability to solve a problem you must write this down this, you can tell the size of a person's ability to so, to resolve problems by the size of the problem that it takes to discourage him that's powerful you can tell the person's ability to solve a, the, the, a problem by the size of the problem that it takes to discourage him so if a person is easily discouraged by a little trouble then he only has the resolve and the ability to small to solve small things you know the story about the ten spies and when they went into when they were sent to spy the land and see if they can take over ten uh, comes come back and say "Who, the people there are, are giants the grasshoppers are big but two said we are well able it was not the size of the giants in the land it was the size of the grasshoppers in their mind let me say that again they had a grasshopper mentality and not a giant slaying mentality. And so it depends your perception, how you see it. It was not the size of the giants. It was the size of their mind. If you have a small mind, then small trouble will intimidate you. If you have a big God, then a big trouble is nothing for you. It's not the size of the giants in the land, but it's the size of the grasshoppers in your mind. Am I talking to somebody this morning? And I'm coming to an end. As I conclude. You know Christ is described metaphorically in the Bible with, with two animals. He's not compared to a serpent. But he's compared to a lion and a lamb. Metaphorically. A lion and a lamb. The lamb represents love. The lion represents courage. The lamb went to the cross. The lion went to the temple. Let me say that again. The lamb went to the cross, but the lion went to the temple. When he saw money changers in the temple, he got so upset, he took a whip and he started to whip those people. uh, The money changers. Uh, The lamb went to the cross, but the lion goes to the temple. And I rise to tell you this morning, in this world, you will have trouble. But you need to be in Christ. But as you are in Christ, there is a time to love and there's a time to slay. And this morning, in the middle of your trouble, you must understand when is it the character of the lion to come out? And when is the character of the lamb to come out? And and as you go through trouble, you can't be, again, a wimp. Whatever you face, face it courageously. Face it boldly. Because was it not Jesus that said, I am with you even until the end of time. He said, I will never leave you. Neither will I forsake you. I will be with you even until the end of time. And the scripture says, in this world, you will have trouble. But be in me, for in me is peace. Peace. By the true definition of peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. You will be a feeler if you feel strong inside of this building, but you go outside and you drop your countenance because then you're not standing by the word of God. You are standing by a feeling, and we don't want you to feel, but we want you to believe.